What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This Haberman of Middlecoff segment is brought to you by ease.com and easewellness.com. Promo code HAM and mybookie.ag, promo code HAM and the numeral one. And untuckit.com and the promo code HAM and SeatGeek. You know it. Promo code HAM. Now to the segment. Okay, so here's the trade, John. Do you have a sound effect? Woo-woo. We were planning on talking about this anyway. So here is the trade. Schefter, 11.51 a.m. on Tuesday. Denver trades Sanders and a fifth for a third and a fourth. So the Niners trade a third and a fourth for Emmanuel Sanders and a fifth. You know what? You think you're gonna? They're six and zero, John. These are. This is a fourth right, and a he, fifth. He, he, That's what we can he, tell. Here's ourselves. what I. Here's what I will say. I. Once you get to the third day of the draft, I don't give a shit. So that's just that's how I'm gonna look at it. I, four, fifth, six, sevenths. I'll wipe yeah. my ass with okay. all those. I don't give a shit. Now the third. Well, it's you're going to the playoffs. I, I've. I feel very comfortable. The 49ers are a lock playoff team. The numbers are on their side. They only have they only have a couple road games. They have a ton of home games down the stretch. Now their schedule gets a lot harder. They're going to win double-digit games and be in the playoffs. Division winner or wild card? Well, guy, if you're a wild card winner, you still pick in the 20s. So that pick is 64 is the end of the th- second round. So then add 20 picks. You're talking in the 80s, right? That pick sometimes when it's like 70, when you suck, we would crush them if they were shitty, but they wouldn't do this thing. I just think when you look at the combination of the two picks, you go, a little rich, but we also crush them for not being aggressive enough sometimes. So you've built up, you've had time. Part of the reason they're good is because they have now kind of hit on some of these third rounders, Fred Warner, Akella Weatherspoon. They've nailed the D Ford. Richard Sherman's been a good free agent signing. They, 
someone DM'd me the other day, like, John, if this goal keeps going pretty well and then McGlinchey and Staley comes back, do the Niners have four good tackles? I'm like, yeah, I mean, if these guys just keep being functional, that's a good problem to have. Why couldn't you flip school this offseason for like a fourth-round pick if he's a capable starting tackle? Think about that guy. So you start building your own assets internally, kind of Belichick style, and then you can move on because you're not going to need all those guys or even the AAF guy. What if you can just flip him for a fifth? Who knows, you know? If he just can be functional, I'm not saying that's going to be the case as he plays four or five games, but we haven't really heard their name. You watched the couple games. How many times have you heard school's name? You've watched a lot of NFL football games where once the backup tackle comes in, you're like, whoa, uh, Williamson's uh, getting spun around a lot, right? You're just ruining the offense. That's not happening right here. So yeah, my first reaction, a little rich. And then when you take a step back, I refuse to get worked up over third-day picks. I, I, I didn't really care that much when I was in the NFL. I couldn't give a fuck less right now. The third-rounder, tad bit bold, but like you, they are 6-0 and and they're trying to... Yeah. Like, what would what would being the one seed and hosting the NFC Championship game mean for this franchise, right? Even if you lose it. Even if the Packers beat you or the Saints beat you. Hosting that game. So hosting two playoff games if you're the Niners. And winning one. Mean for Kyle, John, the franchise, the buzz... It would be a complete game changer, would it not? John, if they win a playoff game, I would regardless say, what round. It, then it, and and he, you know, like provided he's, you know, he gets hurt. It's a but they win a playoff game and he's a part of the team, like a real part of the team. See, I I don't even necessarily mean at the end of the day, the impact he makes cuz you can't really control that, right? If he's just cuz you're not going to force feed him the ball. Like I don't think his numbers are going to look as crazy as long as you get there. And people go, well, it didn't quite work out, but we still won a playoff well, game. Put all the chips in the middle of the table. Yeah, look, I mean, if you win, then all this stuff is usually cool. But if we're talking about, did you was this the right trade? Because I think if that happens, you'd argue, well, you didn't have to do it. So I do think you need him to contribute to this team if we're just talking about the context of winning this, you know, not beating the Broncos per se, but getting the value of this trade. Like, Would you say best case scenario, you win with him and then you resign him for like two years, 15 million? <laughs> best case scenario, he catches the game-winning touchdown in the first round of the playoffs like Golden Tate did, but you're not in the wild card game. That's the best case scenario, right? Like once Golden Tate catches the game-winning touchdown against the Bears for the Eagles last year, we don't even debate. He doesn't even need to do that. He's just got to be a contributing player. Um. And then, yeah, if, you, if he's good enough that you re-sign, then yes, that's even that's the value. Because, like, Mohamed Sanu was a second-round pick, end of the second. Would you have rather traded pick whatever, let's say 32, in the second round? See, the problem is they, they couldn't have done that because they didn't have a second-round pick. No, I, I, I know, I know. I'm just saying, yeah. like, what's the – like, to me, Mohamed Sanu's been a more productive player, but – You you would rather have Mohamed Sanu 100%. But for the price, he is under contract for next year – the good news is, if you can call it good news, you're just this is a flyer on a guy. If he's not good, you just walk away. You know, you do agree in a vacuum. You would feel much more comfortable trading a three and a four than a two for a player, right? You would rather have the two than the three and the four. I'll, with one caveat, as long as like we're talking in the same range in each round, like I'd rather. Yeah, like know. if you're a, if you're a nine and seven team, every range of that round, right? Not like. Well, the three and the four are of the of the uh, Washington Redskins, and the two is of the fucking Patriots. Yeah, I'm saying you're the Niners. Yes. And let's say you had all the picks. Now you can't always argue like you can trade your three and a four to get in the second round. 
that's the one thing. Like you can move from the third round usually if you include the four sometimes to get in. That's it does limit your ability to like think about this guy. I'd have to Google maybe they have a third or a fourth, an extra one. But I'm pretty sure next year they're only gonna have a first round pick. They don't have a second. Right. They don't have a third, and they don't have a fourth. Let's they let Eric Armstead walk. Well, that's well. I, I think they're probably thinking that, right? Like we can. Do you franchise Eric Armstead and you trade him for a second? Because I think you'll be able to do something like that. That's where I think. That's where good teams that develop their own guys have wiggle room. Like, part of the Chiefs was like, yeah, we can trade for Frank Clark because we can flip D Ford for a second. Like, it, it, the more good players you have, you can't afford every player. So can you constantly flip guys? That's, that's an underrated part of the Belichick run. I saw a lot of people saying this today. I can't believe Belichick gave a second for, a, for Mohamed Sanu. Well, yeah, Belichick's third-round pick is shittier than every team in the league's third-round pick. Because if you're the Atlanta Falcons, you go... They're probably going to win the Super Bowl. So literally every team that goes, we'll give you a third, and then Bill goes, I'll give you my third too, their pick is shittier than theirs. So it's like, well, I'd rather have the 49ers third than your third, Bill. So he has to offer the second. And he, someone made a good point. There's a reason he always trades back and accumulates all these picks because, it one, he never truly like likes a guy at that spot, and he's never tied to one player, and it always gives him more wiggle rooms in the next draft, in trades, he's always he's always got eight pitches, not just the one. So I do think the 49ers, for the most part, have somewhat hoarded picks the last several years, and that's the right move. This was the first year where they said they were a couple years in, they were drafting the top 10 every year, they kind of said fuck it, because they, pretty bold move to get D Ford, and it's paid dividends. But, but he, I'll say this, He's, he's good for a sack a game, so it's earning it. You know he's p- playing like less than 50% of the snaps every game? Emmanuel now you could Sanders. argue. No, I'm, I'm saying D4. Uh-oh. Like D4 is not even close to a full-time player. He's just a quote-unquote, we used to call him in, in the league, a designated pass rusher. Like he's just part-time player. But he's, really, but, as long as, but he's really good at that thing. Well, he's the best designated pass rusher in the league. Like they don't ask him to play the run. They, don't, they just passing downs go in there and just speed rush and right, no one. Do you notice no one complains? But think about this. Imagine if D Ford wasn't getting the job done. That's where if Emmanuel Sanders isn't great, but you keep winning, I don't think you really nitpick it. Where D Ford, imagine if he had zero sacks. Like he's got four and a half sacks through six games. He's probably going to get double digit sacks. At, at like his participation is going to be well less than fifty percent of the snaps. But imagine if that number was God. He only had two sacks. And he played fifty percent of the snaps. So. Part of it is you contribute at a high level at an important position. One, that's where D Ford and the team's winning. But as long as you win, like we don't really nitpick. Do you know Solomon Thomas played like 18 snaps in Washington? No one even cares. And this is where we talked about for the while, a while with the bus draft picks. You don't nitpick bus draft picks when your team's winning. Like no one nitpicks Belichick's drafts because he's in the AFC Championship game every year. Most times he's in the Super Bowl. But my, it is. It's it's a risky move, but isn't it time for the Niners to start taking some risks? Yeah, like to me, and this goes back, and you made this point, Mohamed Sanu is worth more to the Patriots than he's worth to other teams. The better you are, the thinner the margins are, the more you're willing to pay for something, to overpay for something. If Like if you overpay for Mohamed Sanu, it's fine because you might not need 
you might not need what we think a second round receiver is. You might just need what we think a third round receiver is, but it costs you more to get them because you're at the end of the third round. And you don't need 80 catches out of Muhammad Sanu. You just might need five specific things from him over the course of the season that you believe he can do. This is where having an offensive coach when you're trading for an offensive player, specifically the play caller. Like, I have no doubt in my mind that Kyle Shanahan has exactly in his mind what it is he wants Emmanuel Sanders to be and what he wants Emmanuel Sanders to do. And if he thinks his team currently lacks it and this guy can give it to him, well, then – that's the difference. Like, when you start racing cars, what are we talking about? We start talking about milliseconds to win races, splits, splits of seconds. People who are sprinters, the best sprinters, it's about, I got to get like an ounce off of my shoe so I can get a one-sixteenth of a second faster start. Well, if I run a 10-1 and you run a 10-3, I win. So, yeah, I'll spend whatever I spend if I'm Nike developing a shoe that's like three ounces lighter. So that's where we are. Like, they are... They are an undefeated football team. There are two undefeated football teams who both, air quotes, overpaid for wide receivers today. So, I, you know, I know we don't put the Niners in the it, same category. It, it, it means way less to the Patriots whether it works or not, though, right? Yeah. I mean, in the end, yes. But right now, in 2019, in, 20, in the 2019-2020 season, nobody's won the Super Bowl. Not, the New, not even the New England Patriots. They won a bunch before, yeah. but they haven't won any yet. This year. And, Kyle, and I think Kyle and, and any team would tell you that's going to be in the playoffs this year. The Packers right now, the Saints. Everyone's – like the Patriots, in theory, could go undefeated. I mean, the Niners could too, but we know they won't. Like the Patriots legitimately could run the table. And I think the, Sean Payton would look you in the eye. I think Rodgers would look you in the eye. I think Kyle and John Lynch. We've seen it happen before that the team got them in the Super Bowl. I think we could f- say safely that if they go undefeated – They'd basically be a lock to be in the Super Bowl, unless Mahomes just eviscerated him. He's the only guy I could see beating him, knocking him out in the AFC. But the great part about football, this is not a seven-game series, where if Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Draymond and Clay are healthy, you're fucked. Where is football? It's just one game. And what's the one thing, I think if you're the Niners, well, what's the one thing historically that's fucked up Brady? A pass rush. A pass rush. And the Giants did it twice, the Broncos got him that one year in the AFC Championship game. We're as equipped as any team just because we can rush the shit out of the passer. And then you'd go, well, this might be the best Patriot defense in the history of their franchise. Well, at least we have the best asset to at least attempt to, one, he watches their film every week, so he's probably taking a little, jotting little notes, and he's just an offensive coach that maybe can scheme up some shit to get him. And I'm not saying they would or could, or would even they'd have to? It, it would be if the 49ers were to get to the Super Bowl, it'd be like one of the greatest years in the history of their franchise because they would have probably won the division, which no one really kind of felt confident about them winning the division. Two, the teams they would probably knock off to get there. Let's say the Packers or the Cowboys and like the Saints or Vikings. It would be pretty impressive. I mean, they they might. There's a chance they would be a home team, and it'd be like a pick 'em. Like, are we sure that if, even if they were in the NFC Championship game against the Packers or the Saints, they would be the favorite? Because I, I think uh, a lot of betters would, if you get like the Saints plus three, don't you think a lot of people would bet on the Saints? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying that that would be the right line, but I, I think that just because it's their first year ever in the dance with this group, like, what has Jimmy done to just assume that he's just beating Rodgers or Breeze? Right. In the, it, we've seen it time and time. Now he may, but you got to prove you can do it before we. Part of why 
the second time when Eli beat Brady, we're like, well, this could happen. We didn't say that the first time, though. They were a 12-point, 13-point underdog. I think the second time he made the run, I vividly we looked at that Super Bowl way different. Once you prove you can do it, and that's where I think Kyle and these guys, they, they got to prove, and they're just in this mode. And part of Emmanuel is just getting to the playoffs and winning a playoff game is changes your franchise, changes the way people look at Kyle, changes the way we talk about this team. It's a game changer. Like part of what fucked the Raiders a couple years ago, well, mainly was the injury, but it was like the whole year was kind of forgotten once Derek went down. Like, did the Raiders make the playoffs a couple years ago? Yeah, they got blown out in the first round. It's like you, not, you there was no build off it. Now that was the circumstances were different because your quarterback shattered his ankle. But the great part about making the playoff is building off a playoff victory, a victory. Like think about the Bears last year; they were one and done, and now it feels like they're not even going to get back. Like when you can build off a playoff victory and have like three, or four, like that's part of the Chiefs. Like, well, we were this close to getting them. Give us, give us a fucking another shot. The Colts last year, we beat the Texans, then we got blo- give us another shot. You know, we just want another shot. Like the Niners aren't; they just want a shot. They just want to be there. And there is nothing like making the playoffs for business in the NFL because then you're just viewed as a good team, and then your and then your your money goes up. Just what you can sell. That we already talk extensively about how important this team is to this area in just terms of just interest. I I, I think. Because I, I think Kyle would look at you like, we're not locked to make the playoffs. I think he said a couple times, yeah. I've been 5-0 and in this league and missed the playoffs. And that's where, you know, my statement of there's some playoff lock, you could argue, well, they're look at their schedule. They could lose all those games. Yeah. You would say the law of averages would be impossible for that to happen, but they could. Uh, credit to – so Chris Biederman, I see, just tweeted, I guess, Kyle last year um, before a game against Denver in December – said this about Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel, to me, has always been one of the most underrated receivers in this league his entire career. I think he's been a number one receiver since he's been in Denver. Emmanuel is the man. He's always been the man. He's extremely quick. He knows how to separate. He can beat man coverage. He's also fearless. He's aggressive with the ball. He doesn't mind going in there and blocking. He doesn't mind going over the middle. And he's one of the tougher challenges in the league. Middlecoff, this dude is about to have like 70 catches in seven games. Do you remember, like, Peyton Manning's first or second year, Emmanuel Sanders signed with Andy Reid and then backed out and signed with Denver? Do you remember that? No. It was like six or seven years ago. When he left Pittsburgh. He signed with the Chiefs. Yeah. It might have been, like, Andy's second year with Alex. They desperately needed a wide receiver. But he didn't actually sign on the dotted line. Uh-huh. It was one of those committed that no one really ever backs out anymore. And then he backed out and signed with Peyton Manning. I mean, I think it had Peyton, was that like when he agreed to Kansas City, had Peyton not gone to Denver yet? I think Peyton had already been there a year. Okay. I, I'd have to look at the dates, but. So Emmanuel's first year like, in Denver was 2014. Yeah, so Peyton's first year in Denver would have been 13. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. Oh, I'm looking. So, yeah, I mean, Kyle likes him. Think about this. Two wide receivers in the NFL. Their combined records on their teams were two and twelve. Went to two teams that are twelve and zero: Muhammad Sanu and Emmanuel Sanders. The two guys left two of the worst teams in the league. Now the Broncos are one of the weird bad teams, but the record but for a receiver, record, an awful still, situation. Yeah, sucks. It sucks. 
and they, they get to go to situations. It's a double whammy for both guys. They're both needed on teams that with offensive – I mean, Belichick's not an op, but he kind of is. I, I don't even consider Belichick a defensive guy. I just consider him a coach. What, what position does Belichick coach? Every? Yeah. All of them? Yes. Correct. Yes. <laughs> you know, does he coach? What does Belichick do? I don't know. He dictates the strength conditioning staff. He dictates where they stay. He dictates fucking it all. You know? He dictates. That's what Belichick does. He tells every coach what to do. Maybe not Dante Scarnecchia is the one guy he leaves alone a little bit. Mm, maybe. It, it does feel like he, the older he's gotten, like Josh is kind of running that ship. I think that's maybe why Josh kind of likes the job. Like, how often do you ever see him really fucking with Josh? Yeah, you don't see him fucking with Josh. But he could be in the and headset. I, when I say fucking with him, I even, I even mean like, I, I just think Josh knows, and maybe it's just they just know exactly what the other likes, so Josh <laughs> knows what Bill, maybe every once in a while he goes, Josh, I'd run it here. I mean, he just gives him a, I think the trust level there so, is pretty high. All right, so Emmanuel, John, uh, let's run through this real quick. The leading receiver for the 49ers is who? Beside Kittle? No. Kittle counts? Kittle. Kittle counts. Kittle. Yeah. Kittle's got 34. Yeah. Okay, so now take him aside because he's a tight end. I bet the next guy has like 12. Close. Debo Samuel has 15 catches. Marquise Goodwin has 11. Um, Dante Pettis has nine. Gosh, we talked. Huh. Matt, well, Matt Breida has 11 catches. Okay, so Debo has 15. Goodwin has 11. Those are your, that's the receiving group that has double figures. You know how many catches Emmanuel Sanders has? 25. He's got 30 catches. So he's the yeah. Niners' leading receiver. Well, guy, I, I think the first thing you just say, yeah, he's a pro. And I, I think when you say, like, yeah, all these guys are pros, well, there's a difference in pros. Like, he's a accomplished pro. Like, a really, really good player. Before his Achilles, you have some, you have his NFL.com page? I, yeah, I got like, his. Like, what were, some of, what were some of his years in, like, 15, 16, 17 with Peyton? Yeah, so 14, it was 15, so so fourteen. His first year there was a hundred catch, one hundred one and fourteen hundred yards. Jesus, how many touchdowns? Nine, career high. Pretty good year. Fifteen was seventy six catches, eleven hundred thirty five yards. I think fourteen was the Denver Broncos like historic year on offense when Peyton threw like forty eight touchdowns and they set all the records for touchdowns and yards. Because they had Julius Thomas, they had Demarius Thomas, like they just were loaded. And Peyton was just in the peak of his older powers. That team was fucking good. Then they lost in the playoffs to the, to the Baltimore Ravens. And then 16, he was 107. Sorry. He was 79 catches, 10, uh, 1,000 yards. But he had three straight years there where he was targeted 136 times or more for three straight years. Even last year, John, last year he had 71 catches. What you, how many games did he play? Uh, it's pretty impressive that he tore his Achilles and already back. 12, 12. So he's played 12 so he and 11 Achilles in the in last like two years. December. Okay. I, 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 For as much shit as John Elway takes, you can't ask him to get much more back for Emmanuel Sanders in a contract year who's coming off an Achilles. That's, that's a pretty good haul, right? That's a good get for John Elway. Yeah. Like, he, they didn't give him away. That's... It's good. That's I'd say it's a win-win. It's one of those classic win-wins. No different than if you got a second-round pick from Muhammad Sanu. Would you rather? So you'd rather have pick thirty-two, or excuse me, pick sixty-four, than pick eighty-four and one hundred and ten, 
right? Yeah. So I, I think it was probably a pretty easy deal. Like, I, I bet one of them is like, listen, we need a little more than a third. And they're like, okay, take our fourth too. Let's fucking move on. Let's get this done. Give us a fifth. What, what, are, we, what are we haggling over? Do you want the guy or not? So I think sometimes you just got to ask, do you want the guy or not? You're not mortgaging the future, right? To me, future is our first and second round picks. Anything after that, I think sometimes you can nitpick. It's like I, we all nitpick about purchases all the time. Do I really? Well, if you want to get it. I mean, if you have the money and you can afford it, just get it, right? Are you, are you being reckless with your money? Well, like, so to me, reckless would have been like them giving a second for... Like, what if I told you they gave their first round for Calvin Ridley? Would that be crazy? Would you go, well, he's 23 years old. He's pretty good. I, see, I don't and like... you got him under contract player, for a while. It's like, can we get that level... What, where was he drafted? First round? Yeah, I know, but do you know what pick? Yeah, like mid early 20s. Because that was one thing I saw with the Texans. It's like, you know, if Gary and Conley hadn't been accused pre-draft of the... If that rape accusation hadn't been there that was later proven wrong, he would have gone top 10. It's like, okay, but we're watching him right now. He's not a top 10 player. But Calvin Ridley, you know... And he wouldn't have gone top 10. He would have gone like the teens. You could justify that. Like, if I told you Stephon Diggs got traded today, he didn't. What would that have been? Like, top... What would he... Yeah, for, I mean, he just had a game two weeks ago where he had three touchdowns, 100, 200. Yeah, not so, yeah. like to me, it wouldn't be for like it'd have to be like top. Like you couldn't just get like to me, I pick 28 is not getting that done. Like if you're the Vikings, which, you know, the biggest genius move Emmanuel or uh, Stefan Diggs ever said, I want to get traded the next three weeks. They, they've given him like 20 targets a game and he's just killing it. He's had back to back 150 yards games. He's making plays left and right. You, the trade talks of Kind of quieted down. But if they were going to trade him, like, could they just trade him to the Niners for their first-round pick? Because if you're a Vikings fan, like, so we just traded one of our best players for pick 26? I don't think you could, John. That's what I'm saying. I think you'd need, like, right now a top-10 pick for the guy. Maybe – because I don't know. If if you knew he'd be that, he would not last until the 10th pick in the NFL draft. But the problem is, like, the Dolphins aren't trading you their one from Stephon Sure, of course. Stephon so Dix. he's not getting so traded. just kind of – Yeah. Um, yeah, I uh, – I, like I like a little mid-show breaking news. I do too. I, um, I, Kyle Shanahan to me is like one of the, when he believes in an offensive player, it almost, you're like, okay, maybe there is something more here. With Juszczyk, they were right. Yeah, he's been, but he's missed some guys. I know. I, mean, I know. Joe Williams. I know, but this maybe is not Joe Williams. It's a little, it's a little different when the guy's This is in an the established league. NFL player. He, he's been, besides some of his quarterbacks, you know, I guess it would just, if we're not counting draft picks, it would just be Hoyer. Which he really just hired to be a backup quarterback in theory. He's pretty good with isolating guys in the league because I think it's easier for him. There's no projection, right? This is this is what Emmanuel Sanders does well. This is what I'll ask him to do with with college players. That's why us scouts are better than coaches at evaluating guys. It's a projection where really the free agency and trades. It's kind of plug and play. Well, let's you would just ask your scouting staff or your quality control guy. Go the last two years and break down and give me a hit tape of every route of these seven routes that we run that he ran to. You're like, fuck, he's crushing it, and you just plug and play it. Were we the first ones to I talk about Emmanuel Sanders to the, night, to the night? Well, I know, and you, you've talked about plug and play since day one of Terrestrial Radio. Like, not all NFL players are plug and play. Not all NFL players are plug and play. Well, because if you get a guy that's good in scheme – like um, uh, uh, uh I saw it firsthand. He was a he was a press corner, and then we're asking him to like play off zone. 
He's like, what am I doing? Now, he was just physically shot anyway. It was a double whammy. But you can't ask a player. Like, the great thing about Marcus Peters, I, I saw the highlight of his pick yesterday. If you just ask him to play just zone and just kind of just kind of roam, fucker's going to make plays. Zone and roam? But if you ask, like, if you ask him to, like, press man, run with it, that's not his deal. What? If you ask Asante Samuel just to do what he's doing or Emmanuel Sanders – They'll be fine. What is, the good thing with the Niners is they're not really running go routes anymore, right? They're just running shit across the middle. A lot of quick game. They love a good quick game pass, like a quick out. The Marquis Goodwin drops every other play. Yeah, this does help George Kittle. Just one more guy you have to – like. you just have to kind of worry about Emmanuel Sanders if he's on the football field. Now, you. this is – I'm not trying to be negative Nancy here, guy, but there was a reason they had to double down on the pass rush because they missed on a – number three overall draft pick yeah. in Solomon Thomas. So it they got him Nick Bosa and D Ford. There's a reason they had to just give a third and fourth round pick. They've just drafted back-to-back wide receivers in the second round. They did that. Well, now, you could even De- add Jalen Hurt, you know, Jalen Hurd being hurt. Yeah, so and two of them are hurt. Oh, Debo's hurt right now, too. He didn't play last game. Right. Who knows if he's going to be able to play this game. And Dante, who's actually slowly kind of growing on me a little. I, but I, I'm actually with you there. One thing to be growing on me and be like, well, is he better than Kendrick Bourne? And your answer is, I don't know, not right now. Richie James? Is you, yeah, you do need, like, you wouldn't feel confident going into a playoff game against the Green Bay Packers, the New Orleans Saints, rolling out like Kendrick Bourne, Richie James, and fucking Debo Samuel, right? That's where I think the Niners had to do this. But, like, some teams roll out Devontae Adams and Juju Smith that they get in the second round in playoff games. Yeah, look, you. so I think it's fair to discredit them for those they, picks. They, yeah, but it's also good. I think you commend the flexibility of not marrying themselves to, I don't even, it might be a little early to even call it mistakes. They, they, clearly, that that is just not a strength right now. Wouldn't you say, and I was thinking about this yesterday Although with uh, the Mitch Trubisky and yeah. Ryan Pace, like anything in life, Right, and sports a good example. When you when you lose a game, they always say like, "We'll just focus on the next game." So you're going to try to win. Like you don't hold on to losses that long. Draft picks are the one where guys hold on to. Like you just hold on to the L. Like Ryan Pace, you're going to get extra crushed if next year you're like, "We're still going to make Mitch the starter," and he's proven that he sucks. That if you just accept the L, you're going to get crushed no matter what. But go listen, I screwed up. We need to upgrade this position. We're going to do everything we can to have a better quarterback. People will be like, well, at least he looked in the mirror and didn't stay hold on to something just because it was his pick. And that's where I think you give the Niners some credit. Like, it'd be easy. Let's just make sure, you know, Dante will keep working. Dante. Yeah, well, you don't have time for that. Because like you said, they are 6-0. They're headed to the playoffs. They're just going to play in these big – they got fucking the Saints coming up, the Packers. You need some big boys. You know, you, you need some guys. And that's why I think the Packers right now have been a team that's like, they need Devontae to come back because how long can they depend on Lazardo to keep making all these crazy plays? It is asking a lot of guys. Now, sometimes, and I said this with Darren Waller, I was hesitant to be like, they loved him in camp. Typically, guys that have never done anything don't become, you know, it's just depending on a guy that's never done anything and that's been in the league a while, it's hard to do because typically you're let down. He's a rare example of they hit a home run. But most guys aren't that. Like, more than likely, Dante Pettis is just going to be Dante Pettis. <laughs> He's had some good plays, a lot of bad plays. Kyle will be up and down with him. Just be what it is. Yeah. You, you know Emmanuel Sanders can make plays against star cornerbacks. That, I also think, helps you, you know. Look at the teams that you're going to have to beat in, in the NFC. Talking about Jalen Ramsey? Well, Jalen Ramsey, you just Seattle's well-coached team. The Saints, Marcus Lattimore. 
You have the Green Bay Packers have King and Jair Alexander. Like, the DBs, that's where the Eagles got to be like, God, we need to upgrade this position because all these fucking teams in the NFC have a good corner. Uh, the, the Minnesota Vikings, most teams have good corners in the NFC. And you're not, and the other thing, they have good defensive lines, so you can't just run the ball down their throat. It gets back to Thielen getting mad at uh, Kirk Cousins. Like, we can't run for 150 yards every game. And then Dalvin Cook's like, well, maybe we can. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.